welcome to KitCast, the podcast made for students by students. Here we promote and share insights on the innovative industries of tomorrow, startups, and their founders. My name is Lucia and I'll be your host today alongside Maria, who will introduce herself right after. This program is offered by Work Kickstart. You can find more information about us on our social media, which will be put in the description of this podcast. Hello everyone, Kudming here. Today we are joined by Jessica Sue Rasmussen, CEO and co-founder of Two Magnolias and a Warwick alumni. Hi Jessica, so thank you for joining us today. No problem, hi to both. Lovely to have you. So we'd like to start by asking you a bit about your working background and how you came about starting Two Magnolias and just Give us a bit of a a general recap of your journey. Sure, of course. So I, um, as you said, I'm a Warwick alumna. I um, was there many, many years ago and um, but was very fortunate as I left um, Warwick to basically start a career in banking. Um, I went straight into RBS and I was on the graduate training program and, uh, you know, in those days, sort of banking took large numbers of graduates. It was a very sort of human resource friendly sort of recruitment, um, milk round. They would they would be on campus and, and lots and lots of students got that opportunity. So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. I got into to RBS and then I sort of wasn't entirely sure what part of banking I wanted to be involved in. And, you know, these graduate programs, you get a chance to sort of you know, go from sort of different areas to different areas. And I started off in investment banking, um, but um, very soon, I think sort of six months in, I got the opportunity to move into the, the trading floor. Oh, interesting. Okay. And in those days, that was very unusual. I was sort of the second woman ever on the RBS trading floor and, you know, one of very few graduates. And there my career started. And essentially, it then spanned... Um, almost 30 years. So I I went from RBS to a number of other banks sort of over those 30 years. I was, um, I spent some time at Lehman Brothers. I spent some time in in Singapore for a couple of years. And um, sort of latterly in my, in my, the last 10 years of my career, I was at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Um, And I joined them soon after the global financial crisis in 2009. So that was the time when, you know, two big banks came together, you know, sort of, you you know, the global financial crisis, the mm-hmm. banks were under a lot of pressure and, you know, Bank of America bought Merrill Lynch. And so I joined that merged entity. And from there, um, you know, the journey of the new big sort of global banks started, particularly the American banks. And I was very fortunate to spend 10 years there um, and and sort of, you know, had a wonderful time. I was in London, you know, the whole time, um, but I was sort of running various different teams. I got the opportunity to work across products um, and with some fantastic um, senior managers. So, you know, when it came to sort of 2019, sort of, uh, you know, as I, as I came towards 30 years and as, as my children now are sort of more grown up, I... I had the opportunity to actually retire mm-hmm. from from um, from banking, and I, I decided to take the opportunity because, as much as I'd love that, you know, phase of my of my life, I sort of felt that you know I needed to 
to take some time out to take stock. Really intense stuff. Yeah. Of where I was. I mean, it was pretty intense, but it was, it was a wonderful, I mean, I was very fortunate. It was a wonderful um, journey and, and, you know, I've, I've seen many things. And as a woman um, in banking, I sort of got to a, a level at which I could really, you know, participate, have a seat at the table with some very senior people. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, you can't discount the value of that. Yeah. So I decided to retire in 2019. But obviously, being a, a woman who's, you know, worked all her life, I mean, I was never going to sort of want, I never wanted to just sit back and do nothing. So at the same time, um, a friend and business colleague of mine, Marie, um, also decided to take a step back from banking. She'd had about 20 years, um, but she had a young family and it was a sort of work-life balance decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that was brilliant for me. So we sort of sat down and decided, what do we want to do? And we went through various different iterations of, you know, should we design an app? Should we start a you know, business? Should we build a product? You know, yeah. There were there were, there were lots of sort of things going on in our minds, and then we realised that what is the one thing that we had after our combined fifty years of 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 banking? We had um, we were fortunate enough to have a capital base, which we'd accumulated through the many years of being in banking and then saving and then keeping money aside, etc. And so we decided that we were best left at that part of the food chain, i.e. sort of using the money that we had to help others who were probably probably more talented than us, more sort of tech savvy, more in tune with what's happening right now to do all the product build out. And so we decided to start an angel investment business. So an angel investment fund is one where self-certify as a sophisticated investor, and then you um, invest your own money in you know, startups or businesses that you can identify with. Um, so we, Two Magnolias was born and it was born in December 2019. And we started our investment journey sort of very soon after in January 2020. Decided to, to focus on sustainability and, and human health and longevity because, you know, we, because of our sort of our careers, but more importantly, because we're mothers and we're women and we're very aware of what's happening with the planet. And we felt there are a lot of people focusing on finance and there are a lot of very talented people who are putting their energy behind, you know, the building of financial institutions or fintech firms, etc. And we didn't feel that we had to join that. We'd kind of done that. We'd given our life and soul to financial services for many years. So, so we felt, you know, no, well, let's yeah. um, focus on the things that truly mean something to us. And obviously, as you know, the, the the sustainability train was already leaving the planet. Greta Thunberg was in full swing. She started in um, 2018, I believe, August is when she first started, and then through 2019. And, yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, but the global movements of Extinction Rebellion and all the various different country factions yeah. of young people who were really focused on on the emergency that we currently face with the climate was something that we wanted to join. We wanted to join that. And we, we always say that, you know, young people have a fantastic voice and they need to use that voice. But for those of us who are slightly older and who have got capital, we can actually help form those solutions. And that's 
what we needed to do. That's where our urgency comes from. So that's why we chose sustainability. And then whether it was by luck or judgment, we we are very focused on fitness and ourselves and sort of human mm-hmm. health. And we started to get um, aware of a, a strain of medicine called functional medicine, which is very big in the US, but not so big in the rest of the world. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Yeah, so functional medicine is about the, essentially it's the prevention of disease and and how you maintain your body and your physiology such that you can you prevent you know the the sort of diseases that you know are ever ever pervasive in society from a care interesting yeah so it's it's sort of you know of a you know of obesity and diabetes Mm -hmm. I mean things that you're very aware of um, but this goes as far as the prevention of dementia, you know, tackling Alzheimer's, etc. You know, diseases where there are no known cures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you know now, through the coronavirus pandemic, lots of medical um, intervention has come to, to light where people can sort of self-use their immune systems by changing the way in which they live, whether they um, they take large quantities of vitamin D, whether they take regular vitamin C. I mean, small things which actually are now being scientifically proven to have a disproportionate impact on disease before it arrives in your body. Mm -hmm. And what we have to realise is that medicine in its current form is very focused on solving or creating cures for diseases that that suddenly you're afflicted with yeah so a heart attack go to the doctor and you say please cure me I've had a heart attack and they can right and the hospitals can look after you and the cardiologist will look after you but you've had the heart attack so functional medicine is is the stage behind that which is there's no need to have a heart attack Mm. something congenitally wrong which is unavoidable let's really look at your medical profile profiling disease onset yeah um so you know that helps the 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 sort of way in which you can manage your human health and longevity so there are various gurus on this so david dr david sinclair at harvard and dr mark hyman i mean you 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 know you can all follow these guys on instagram and linkedin or twitter etc um and they are really looking at the science behind how we actually go through life without having to be afflicted um, with diseases that can actually be avoided or we can actually sort of suppress their onset. Mm. Um, and and so that's one of the reasons why we we kind of decided on on, on human health um, to join sustainability. And of course, this is pre-COVID and then COVID arrives and everyone's now talking about it, which is fantastic. <laughs> Because we don't have to. Amazing. You, the, your timing is perfect. Well, I mean, I think it's probably luck. But, yeah. but, but I think that, um, oh, not luck that coronavirus hit, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> no, maybe not luck. It was, it was lucky for us because, because what, what we don't want to do is to really spend a lot of time around the debate mm. around sustainability and human health. When we go and see people... Um, particularly when we launch as a venture capital fund, and we can talk about that in you know in a minute. Um, we don't really want 
there to be any debate with people who are investing in us about why these two areas are important. Yeah. They are by their very essence critical to the sort of, you know, health of our planet and the health of human beings. So we, you know, we're very kind of fixated on this. Um, and we we really just hope people say, oh well that's obvious. Yeah. Of course. We need to we need to we need to join this journey in what in whatever way. I mean I think that's super interesting, especially like even with things like supplements, they're becoming so accessible nowadays, especially within the kind of health and fitness communities like even with like YouTube now we have so many people promoting you know whether it's you know protein for you know working out or then you have like this kind of um, more like supplemental like uh, this like let's promote this new like green like get you all one of your like portions of vegetables a day and put it into a smoothie and like stuff like that so it's really interesting that you're kind of entering this this world because it is so relevant especially to that like gener like generation z for example um so yeah it is, it is. It's, it's very no i mean you know it's very relevant and I, and I tell you why it's relevant. It's relevant because for many years we have, um, and and I don't. This is not a this is not a political lecture, by the way. <laughs> for many years, and I know this because I've worked in finance for, in in the commercial world for many many years. You know, the 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 idea of um, sort of profitability with no break. You know, and when I mean break, I mean literally, you know, sort of a handbrake mm-hmm. type thing. Um, has been something that we've all we can all be accused of participating in, and I think what to me this pandemic has has said is that we have to put the handbrake on in lots of different areas, and one of those is the way in which we treat our bodies and. It is absolutely essential now that people, you know, of your generation, but my generation and generations before me, take notice about, you know, you know, I find it incredible when people mm-hmm. sort of laugh and joke at people who have decided to embrace veganism, mm-hmm. and they laugh and joke about it as if it's if it's some sort of, uh, you know, mystery wizardry, yeah. It's 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 proven that dairy eating lots of dairy products are not good for you. It's proven that you can supplement your protein diet by having alternatives. It's proven that a plant based diet has, um, you know, can have an incredible impact on your immune system. Yeah, you know, I'm not advocating that everyone need do that, but I think there is no longer any need to treat these types of um, this type of approach to your own health as a factions or small little cults it's mainstream and to your point about supplements it's also mainstream and I would obviously always check you know is this right for me some things aren't right for everyone you know excess amounts of iron is not right for everyone excess amounts of vitamin A is not right for everyone Mm -hmm. but I would check but I would you know I'm a very big believer in 
you know, taking supplements. I take vitamin C every day. I take vitamin D every day. I take collagen every day. I take, you know, all the things that I know my sort of little mitochondria in myself need, you know, and it's all about mitochondrial health. And you you will all know that because mm-hmm. now it's mainstream. And we were not talking about this 10 years ago. We would we just weren't. Mm-hmm. And okay. and I think that it's really important. And I'm glad you mentioned gen, sort of Gen Z. Um, but, you know, we're focused on, you know, both sort of millennials and Gen Z. We were a bit unsure what is meant by Generation Alpha. So until now, we talked about Generation Z, the, now the true generation. And what is the difference between those two and uh, Generation Alpha? So, so Gen Alpha is what they call the... Um, so uh, they are the ones who are the, we, what we call the great screen generation. So they are the ones who are swiping from left to right. And they are the ones that will truly understand and, and, and focus on streaming knowledge. And they'll be the, I mean, they'll be the generation that extends the average lifespan of, of uh, humanity to close to 100 Okay, so they are the they are the ones that we really have to focus on. You know, kids born after twenty ten, their playing field. I mean, so so currently they're eleven and under. They won't really remember fully petrol cars when they're in their twenties and thirties. They just won't. So they'll sort of it'll be a distant memory, but everyone will be pl- it will be plug and play, and they and they will be part of the autonomous drive generation. I mean, when they are in their twenties and thirties. Autonomous vehicles will be standard, established, established. Battery, mini batteries that you slot into, you know, bikes and scooters, etc., will be will be standard. You know, you know. So I, I think that they are going to be sort of the true gen who will experience everything that we are doing, and I include all of you in that because you are our next back round of entrepreneurs that we will be investing in and. You know, it, it's going to be fantastic because they're going to, they are the ones that are going to be using all these products mm-hmm. and all these services. It's so interesting because there's a product that um, I don't know if it's out yet or if they're still developing it, but Tesla, um, and no, no one seems to be talking about it, but Tesla have created this kind of battery that's, that's kind of built into the side of your home and they're making their own solar panels for your house and basically they're what they're trying to do is to make like it for it to be able to store the energy and completely um kind of yeah like make everybody's houses renewable via storing all of this energy into into this battery that goes into the side of your home and then you can charge your tesla car in that battery too it's incredible i mean i'm probably not explaining it um very well you're very well. I mean, I think I think what you're saying is that in time there will no need there will be no need for us to be on grid. Yeah. So that's and that's hundred percent. And and the sooner that comes, the better. Actually, I just need my house. To get off the but it is it mm-hmm. is. Um, so for the people who are involved in renewable energy, this is this is the big debate. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not about the fact that we we understand renewable energy now. We know that wind farms are incredible. And some people might not like them architecturally. I love them architecture. I think they're mm-hmm. stunning. You know, the way 
look into the landscape and you see these beautiful turbines and you know i mean it, it creates such green energy why wouldn't you find that beautiful why would you have you know pylons i mean i just find it incredible that that the again that there's a debate about that but each to their own i think yeah i think that we all recognize that renewable energy is the future it's it's just about storage now and it's and there's so much renewable energy and and i don't have the numbers to my fingertips but but there are statistics, and you can look this up, of how much renewable energy is released out. I mean, we, we capture it, but we can't store it. So we have to release it and, can't, and we can't use it as waste because we don't have the storage facilities or we don't, you know, we don't have that technology. Um, you know, this is the thing with, this is the reason why hydrogen is going to be the, the, the next biggest or is now the next biggest um, fuel. It was just all about how do we store hydrogen. Once you can store hydrogen, then hydrogen is going to be used for the big tankers, the big, you know, the big cargo distribute. You know that you know all these ships that are t- taking cargo around the world, and the amount of waste um, and diesel and you know kind of awful fossil fuel that's used to power these things. Mm-hmm. Um, will hopefully be changed into using hydrogen. I mean, I think, I think what you're getting at there is that maybe the technology doesn't exist, but it's definitely a, a situation of, like, it doesn't exist yet, and very soon it will. And I think what you're trying to do is so inspirational because you're giving leeway, you're kind of leading the path for those technologies to be developed. And it's it, it's just it's incredible what you're doing honestly it really is well that's very kind of you I mean I think you know one thing I have to say is I'm not you know we're not the only ones and we are we're just we're starting out we're just starting out but, but there are lots and lots of people who are now very focused on this and you know some might say mm-hmm. that there are too many people in looking at sustainability I say they're not enough you're mm-hmm. right you're right Maria there are not nearly enough because we're going too slowly. And I, when I sort of knew that Marie and I had decided to, to go on this path, I did a, um, mm-hmm. a course at Yale University in climate change and human health. And it's, it really is a course for um, epidemiologists. It's for yeah. sort of medical professionals in the state. Um, you know, you get credits if you do things like this. So it was really super interesting for me to be on it because I was with a bunch of doctors and a bunch of, you know, environmentalists who who were sort of, you know, upskilling themselves. Yeah. Um, and I heard it from the top, some of the top scientists in the world that this is not uh, sort of, you know, you know, this sort of a whole Greta Thunberg, you know, our house we're burning down, etc. This is not... She's not sort of um, making this up. You, people might not like the delivery or they may not like her or they may not like the thesis or they may not like Extinction, you know, the, 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 the whole group of, of youth who are, are focused on this. But the words are true. And maybe that's the issue, that people don't like that it, she's being so in your face with facts that it's like this is the reality and people are so scared to accept it 
that instead they kind of attack her saying, oh, like, she's crazy or, you know, she's um, the way that she delivers this isn't, uh, you know, isn't right and go back to school. And they kind of start to pick on her as a person because they don't want to face the the reality. They don't want to face the facts that, that, that she's presenting to people because it's scary. It really is. Yeah. It's very scary. And it's fear. Yeah. And I get that. Believe me, I was thinking when I was doing this EL course, I was thinking to myself, what have I been doing for the last 30 years? And and then I knew the answer. I have been accumulating capital so I can, I, I you know, so I really feel that mm. apart from doing this because we truly believe, I mean, there is a financial outcome to this, by the way. We want to back people who are going to be successful because successful people will change the world. So let's let's not be under any illusion focusing on sustainability doesn't have to mean charity in the past sustainable giving was always linked to charitable giving it was sort of you know let's save a forest so let's give you know let's raise money and let's you know do a marathon and you know blah, you know and let's give money and we didn't know where it, so there is a slight nuance to that this is not about charity this is about finding commercially right. viable products such that young people or older people or whoever it may be can also create a living for themselves. Yeah. It's kind of using of our resources and, and really pushing them to, to the limits and and not taking anything for granted, I think, is, is really interesting. And we noticed that one of your goals was to challenge the gender equality gap in the investment world. So we, we're just a bit curious as to know like what you're doing to achieve this and what has your outcome been so far? There are two things at play when we talk about gender equality now in the workplace. The first thing, which is the thing that um, I experienced through all my career, um, was the inequality, the gender um, inequality in pay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's the pay gender inequality pay gap. And that is a well-documented thing that we all had to deal with. Me personally, you know, Marie and I, we believe that that gap is almost closed now. I think in, you know, modern society, big corporations, all corporations, in fact, recognize that there is no difference between men and women. Same job, same pay. Yeah. If, if that's happening, then there is a big problem. And by law... You know, people have to comply with lots and lots of, you know, there's, there, there are big frameworks around this now. So, I, I, you know, for us, the gender inequality in pay, I think, is mm-hmm. almost zero now. I mean, it might not quite be zero, but it's almost zero. Mm-hmm. The issue lies in the wealth gap. Okay. So there is, but there, so there remains a big difference between the wealth of men and women. And why is that? It's because women traditionally are savers and men are the ones that tend to invest their income. These are big sweeping generalizations, but there are lots of statistics around this. So it's, you know, the one statistic, for example, is that only one in five women actively invest their savings. Whereas you know, for men, it's, you know, much, much higher than that. So even though people are being paid the same, there will always be a gender inequality gap in terms of wealth, because of this 
one statistic because if you're not investing and and part, half society is then you know the wealth gap will will just will just carry on yeah so so that is what we're trying to address and what what we're saying is as two female founders as two women who have had other careers but we've also you know had children we have families we have a you know a, a wealth of experience what we're saying is it doesn't have to be that difficult it doesn't have to be that opaque we can be transparent if you like what we're doing if you like what we're saying then join us and invest and together we will invest in companies that are are working on our two pillars um and and that's what we're trying to do and we're saying to it don't be afraid don't be scared because we mm-hmm. we understand you you know we're women um until we invest with the same biological feeling you know you, we can't help it women invest differently we ask different questions um i'm not saying one is better than the other i'm just saying we approach things differently we might be maybe we're more cautious maybe we're not maybe we're more um concerned we maybe the questions that we ask have a different touch and feel to them compared to the questions that a man might ask um so what we're saying so you want to bring that into a marketplace exactly. yeah absolutely so we, we're saying if you can identify with us we're here for you Mm-hmm. And if you want to invest your money, then this is the way you can do it. And it's very transparent. Um, you know, we're not forcing anyone to do anything. But I think it's being able to touch, you know, for, for people to be able to reach out and touch and feel what they're investing in, um, I, I think makes it easier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier for women, yeah. particularly. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, following on from that, um, so when you are presented with many, because obviously you talk to many entrepreneurs that are um, looking for funding and everything, what would you say is something that you really value um, on on their their approach to you or on the value, what do they value that you also value? I've been very fortunate to see a lot of different companies over the last 15 months. And... Um, One thing is very clear is that we have invested in people. The most most critical thing that changes our minds about whether we invest or we don't invest Mm. is whether we believe and trust the founders of that company. Because, Because if you get to the stage where we're doing sort of due diligence on you and we're really you know, we've had two or three meetings and we're looking at your financial models and we're looking, we're trying out your products or whatever it might be. Um, we ultimately, we're investing in people. And it's absolutely critical that the passion and the love you have for your product mm-hmm. comes out in, you know, the way in which you live and breathe in your business. Um, and, 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 We can see that very clearly when we speak to different companies. Um, obviously, everyone is a salesperson and they're trying to sell their product to you and they're trying to say, come on, join us, you know, et cetera. But there are, there are, there is a difference between the ones where we go, you know, this person's going to, this person's going to, to nail it. Um, and remember, as I said earlier, it is a financial consideration. So when we're giving you our money, we're saying we trust you yeah completely it's trust 
from both ends of the spectrum, yeah. We, we trust you not to screw this up. Now, don't get me wrong. Not everyone is going to get it right. And there are unforeseen circumstances and there are, you know, but at the point at which we actually send you the money, we abdicate our, the responsibility for that money from us, mm-hmm. from our safe care to you. And it's, will you look after that money in the way we expect you to? Will, do we trust you? Will you will you respect it? Will you ensure that you are diligent with it? Will you not be wasteful? All of those things. Um, and and actually, when you ask when you ask yourself those questions, the the answers come to you quickly because um, you can see it in the in, in the people that are presenting. Um, mm. So it is it is very much about people. That's really interesting, and I I, I just want to follow that up, kind of asking you um, to kind of give us a little bit of insight in what's been one of the most memorable investments that you've made thus far. Um, or one of the most memorable, um, you know, startups or companies that you that you've come across so far. I mean, it would be it would be really unfair of me because we made five investments. So I can't I can't I can't really. I mean, it would be unfair that's a mean question. I know <laughs> unfair for me to say, oh, this is the one because actually we want all five of them to do really well. I mean, if you look at yeah. statistics, they say that if you're a venture capital company, ninety five percent of Ninety five percent of investments will fail. We don't want mm. that. I mean, I, I mean, like I, you know, I don't understand why that's even a thing because we want every single one of our investments to do well. But you know, just to give you a broad brush of what we've done, we've invested in um, a nutritional drinks brand that you can buy in Waitrose or Sainsbury's or whatever. Simply Allo. If you want to, if you want to buy Simply Allo, we are shareholders. Um, we have invested in a company that is um, essentially the, the, the end goal um, will be to plant a trillion trees. But it is, it is a mash of music and tree planting that is very, very new. Um, and, and that app will be launched sometime this year. So when it's launched, it will be a movement. You will hear about it. We will, we will, we will flag it to you. Um, we have literally invested in something that is um, out of this world. Literally, there will be an announcement on April twelfth. Um, we're invested invest in one of the biggest humanity projects of all time, um, wow. and we're founder investors of that. And it's an it's a it's a company called Space Hero, um, and that is something that is going to come to all of you and hopefully all of you at the time when when the competition opens you will all enter because we'd love to see a Warwick <laughs> University uh, you know person you've heard it here first ladies and gentlemen this competition it is it is go- it is going to be the biggest humanity project of all time and we are we are founding investors in that project and then we um have also invested in a um, a wonderful female founder called Lara Mott, who is one of the most inspirational people we have ever met. And she has developed uh, a business around um, mental health in the medical industry. So mental health for, um, you know, doctors, nurses, medical service providers, people that work on the front line. Um, so this is not for people. There are lots of health apps for people and for, you know, and for, but this is 
specifically for for those in medical services and it's a fantastic business especially now during the pandemic the doctors suddenly everyone started to realize that doctors too need to be supported and need to be taken care of well there is a, lot, a big growing crisis in the health services globally about post traumatic shock mm. among medics because if you see some of now the and that analytics coming out there's something on the yeah i think that was out on tv the other day which was about um nurses who were training but they were training and then they were brought to the front line because like everybody you know they were everyone had to be there and you know newly trained nurses were seeing patients sort of die in in sort of beds next to each other you know they were seeing three or four people die you know, in a week. So traumatic. And, and yeah, so traumatic. And normally in that part of your training, you might see one person die in the first three months mm. of training, you know, as you come out, you know, it's a very gradual way of sort of exposing yourself. And so there's a real trauma that exists around this. So yeah, we're very involved and, and It's being trialed in, in the US, it's being trialed in Australia. So again, it's kind of globally scalable. So we're very, you know, we're kind of all over. Um, we're seeing people who have, we're just seeing, we, so we, we haven't, we're not yet partners with them, but we love this company. And we actually posted on social media, small giants, you can buy in Sainsbury's now. Um, as a snack made from crickets. Wow. Wow. That's that. I mean, it's just it just shows the kind of stuff that that that's coming to the surface now. I mean, it's incredible. And why is cricket? Why crickets? Well, because the protein content, yeah, the protein, hundred grams is so much higher mm -hmm. than hundred grams of meat. Yeah. So we're not saying any meat. We're just saying these are alternative supplements. Mm -hmm. These are alternative snacks, for example. So. Savory snack is like a big is a is a big thing now. Um, have some crickets. Yeah, that's. I mean, also, I feel like there's so much coming through into the West now that is coming from other cultures that has been around for generations. Like you're you're talking about crickets. Like in Asia, they've been eating crickets. You know, um, in markets for for god knows how long decades centuries and especially i've seen this um hugely now with um kind of south korea and um like uh cosmetics especially with like skincare um it, like this things that have that have been around for ages in south korea are only now coming into the market like special um ingredients within skincare that show amazing benefits and they're blowing up in the west and these are things that have been around for ages so it's really interesting to see like kind of cultures coming together and 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 everybody kind of sharing ideas and and you know everything's becoming relevant everywhere and it's, and it's really amazing yeah it's really it's very amazing i mean two billion people already eat some form of insects yeah That was two points. Yeah, exactly. It's so, 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 you know, we can say, oh, yuck, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You know, now get over it. And now then, you know, once you've got over it, go and buy a bag of small giants and try mm -hmm. it. It's, it's fine. It's like a cracker. You know, I mean, but it's all about the protein content. So just, you know, there are alternatives. There are people working hard 
to find these alternatives and they deserve a voice. I mean, we can't invest in everyone. There's no unlimited amount of capital. But if if not us, then who? Yeah, completely. I mean, it's honestly, I mean, I've said this before, but so, so inspirational what you're doing and just so relevant and so so long-term so much vision yeah yeah so much so much vision it's it's really incredible so our final question um is basically if you were to graduate now amongst this this uh overloading of information in amongst all the innovation that is going on and in the midst of this global pandemic what would you say to your younger self yeah it's this is a very this is a very important question because young people are going to find it very difficult to find jobs placements etc my advice to you is you've got to now think out of outside of the box there are some of you that will do very well and you'll be fortunate right time right place you know you get and to be honest Mm -hmm. I can only speak for graduates from Warwick you're all the same in that you're all hugely talented you're fantastically well educated you've got a wonderful platform there is no and I know lots of you now across the business school from the bit from the MBA cohort to the you know accountancy and finance cohort to all over in different areas you're all incredibly talented. So there is no, there should be no self-doubt. The only thing I would say to you is you will not get anything if you don't ask. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your ability now to network and to be um, sort of smart about how you approach things, like, you know, a bit street smart, the difference between getting a job or not. And, or getting an opportunity or not. And I'll let me give you an example. So at Two Magnolias, we currently have three Warwick students interning with us. Not because, not because we've not because we've asked, but because they have come to reach out and asked. And so we interviewed them, we looked at their CVs and we said yes. Now we're not paying them because we're not mm-hmm a venture capital firm yet we're not we don't have an infrastructure we're just coming to launch so we're building the structure etc but what they said was we would never get this experience anywhere else we wouldn't how would you ever get an experience to be inside a venture capital a pre-launch vc firm they're watching our pitches they're coming and seeing everything they're helping us write the pitch book they're helping us develop our ideas they're price using they're developing our valuation models they are working on stuff whilst they're studying. You know, we're not. It's not. It's not nine to five every day. Obviously, they're doing it. They're you know doing bits and pieces here and there. But in the months that they're with us, they are observing how a VC firm is being taken from pre-launch to launch and then out the other side. I mean, the fact that you haven't even launched yet and you're already kind of open to kind of sharing and 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 your experiences with students and you know even 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 the fact that you're here today talking to us and and giving us insight it's just it's something that I know myself as as you know a graduate well a soon-to-be graduate um can really see and 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 value um especially because nowadays experiences is at the heart of of kind of value 
everything. Yeah, yeah it's 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 everything. Uh, academics isn't enough anymore. I think getting that experience firsthand and and really working and and kind of as you say, thinking outside of the box, but doing outside of the box as well is is really really valuable. And it's I mean it's so competitive nowadays. So the more you can do, the better. And the fact that you're noticing that and you're giving people opportunities is like. We, we, and we, we welcome, you know, people who want to join the journey and we, we recognise. Um, so one of the, the girls that is, is, is um, working with us, she said, look, I've only got three months and, and I have to stop in mid-April because my exams, finals are coming up. And I, you know, we said, absolutely, you get three months, whatever you want to do, come on board. This is the work we want you to do, but you can be on every pitch. You can see every client, you know, whatever time suits you, you can do, you know, we, and you have full access. You can ask us anything. You can, you, you know, we're friends. So, so mm. we, we, we feel that that's something we can do and it doesn't cost us anything. The only thing we would say to you is to anybody that, that is looking at people like us or other firms, you know, you have to understand that sometimes those experiences you won't, you can't get, you, you can't it's not necessarily financial payment in the beginning but it it is ga- yeah, it's gathering as experience as possible and then being able to talk with gravitas you know when you go mm-hmm. to when you go to when you go to your next interview and having people like us say they're brilliant mm-hmm. please because all, our network you know getting to know people who knows us or who know us or getting to know some of the companies who might want you or, you know, all of those things. So it's, it's like, it's what I would say is be smart, be different. Don't hesitate. Be fearless. Definitely be fearless. Don't worry, but you just have to be different. You know, if you want to go into a job um, and be a trainee lawyer and earn, you know, 35 grand or 40 grand in September and you get a, and you get a job and that's brilliant. That's great. Fantastic. But you may not want to be that person. Yeah. So therefore, you have to you have to be courageous. Yeah. And there is no right path. Yeah, that's true. There is no established path nowadays. It's all about you finding what you relate to the most, so you can be the most successful and think outside the box. Yeah. There were so many quizzes. You know, when I started, there were no. I didn't ever think, I thought just going into banking and seeing the 20 jobs in banking was like a huge, expansive opportunity. Now, oh my goodness, I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit of the world, as you said, Lucia, but earlier, um, you know, and, and, and Maria, as you suggest about thinking outside the box, it's, it's all there for the taking if you choose to be different. So choose to be different and then, you know, jump I off the cliff. I think you just encompass the whole message of Aura Kickstart there. Just think outside the box, be different, yeah. and explore. Take a risk and what you truly believe in. Absolutely. And, and we are here. And I, when, I, when I say we, I mean collectively, as an industry, as a senior group of people who've had 30 years of experience, Throughout, and there are so many Warwick alumni who who are available. Reach out, find us, and we're here to help you. And we might not be able to help you immediately, but we can help link you in. We can answer questions, and we're here. So that's that's amazing. 
thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. No problem. <laughs> Such a no pleasure. Problem. Thanks, both of you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. So, all right, guys, that's all we have for you today, unfortunately. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on to our podcast and giving us insight into angel investments. Our Women in Kickstart team are happy to be welcoming Jessica for an online event on the 18th, so this Thursday. So make sure to stay tuned to our social media for the event announcement and details. Um, I'd also like to add uh, and tell everyone to keep an eye for your for the speaker event, new podcast, and the opportunity to join us by becoming a member. In order to do so, please just follow our media pages on Facebook or Instagram and just um, message us because we are currently recruiting and looking for many of new people to join us on our journey. If you want to learn more about Jessica, please visit the websites in the description box or tune into the event on Thursday. And if you want to hear more about current affairs and our industries, you can go to our website, also in the description box, to read our weekly articles. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're interested in taking part of our podcast, please message our Instagram or Facebook pages privately. We hope you tune again in next time.